So we are going through Ephesians, the last of our four prison letters of Paul. So speaking of someone who's got incredible fruit in bad circumstances, we've got Paul. He's in prison. So if you were writing a letter from prison, what would it sound like? This guy is full of hope. He's strong. He's full of joy. He's being very real about the circumstances that are hard and trials that he's gone through, but somehow... Through this living, vibrant relationship with Jesus, he is thriving. And it's very attractive. So we are in the middle of this book now, and let's pick it up. We're going for verse, start at verse 11. So last week we finished off chapter 2, where we look at how Jesus was on the cross to break down boundaries, to break down ancient barriers that sin has erected in people's lives that separate us from God and one another, and there's no wall of hostility that's okay with God. None. And Jesus was on the cross to break down those ancient divisions, those ancient walls of hostility between us and God and us and one another to create one new humanity in Christ, it says. And so as we finished that, Paul goes into a, a, a little bit of kind of a personal, hey, If you don't know me already, because he hasn't, this is not a church he's founded. It's one of his disciples, if you will, one one of those he's trained has founded it. And so he's writing a general letter of introduction to this is what following Jesus is all about. And so he kind of, you know, diverts a little bit for eight to ten verses, just saying here's a little bit of my story and what God's called me to and this gospel that includes both Jew and Gentile, male and female, rich and poor, slave and free. This is the gospel that Jesus has called me to preach. And he's passionate about it. And then he goes into uh, verse 11 that I want to pick up for today. He says, This was according to the eternal purpose that God has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what it is that I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than we ask or even think according to the power at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Yeah, that's good news. I mean, that, that right there, it, it, sometimes it's like Paul's just so smart and he's so poetic in his language that it, we, we get lost. But I mean, right there, I mean, it's either following Jesus is truly the greatest news to ever hit the world or we should find something else to do. 
Like, this is, there's no middle ground here. Like, this is glory. It's either glory or it's false. So it's like, don't waste your time. It's either in or out here. It's like, Jesus is so awesome. He's going to change your life like you can't even imagine. And it's like, these are those things that are like entice us. It's like, wow, could that be real? Could God be that good? Could I be able to look at my life and say, God, you have done in my life beyond what I even thought or imagined was possible because of the power at work within me to your glory. That there's such an abundance, he says, abundantly beyond what we ask or even imagine. There's such an abundance. There's such an overflow in our life. We're filled up to overflowing. This is a promise from God. This is who God's supposed to be. This is who God desires to be in our lives. And it's so attractive. I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff that's put a fire in our belly for, forever, where it's like, man, if Jesus is real, like, there's no better ticket. There's no better one to follow. There's no better promises. There's no better truth. There, there, there's no reason. There's nothing that is, says, I'll oh, just go through the motions. Just, just, you know, go to church once in a while. Say you believe in God. But just kind of do your own thing. It's like, no, if this is real, this is worth everything. Everything. And not that it means we have it all together. We never do. But this, this passionate pursuit that says that you are worth everything. So help me, Lord, to live into this abundance that is your heart for me. That's what we want to look at this morning. There's just like three kind of key words or phrases that, that stand out. Which, by the way, is like God's so good in how he through his spirit will speak. I felt like he, he gave me a little challenge this morning, <laughs> which is fun. You know, God likes to help us take, take risks that are part of how he shows he's going to come through. Because I'll be honest with you. So here's my Bible, and I'm reading God's word. This is the next passage, you know, in Ephesians. And so the first two days that I read this passage, being honest, I was like, hmm. Got nothing. Let's see what's over here. <laughs> I'm serious. Part of its familiarity. And then I felt like the Lord was like, all right, just come back. And then so I read it again, and it's like, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, if you can't see, there's like a couple marks on here. <laughs> just like, eating it like it's the Thanksgiving meal I, my soul's never touched before. And then I just felt like I'm saying, just, so just don't take notes. Just go up there. I got you. There's fire in your belly for this. And it's just a, kind of a fun way. It's like the Lord is real. So if today's terrible, then I heard wrong. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because <laughs> I don't have it all together. Paul calls himself the worst of all sinners. So at least I'm not the worst. <laughs> Paul's got that one, so we're cool. We're cool. A few, uh, but some phrases. Here we go. Verse 12. In Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence 
through our faith in him. We have boldness and access with confidence. Let me turn around that grammar a little bit for myself and I think maybe for you. This says, in Christ, we have the privilege of bold and confident access to God. Who's Paul writing to? The super elite leadership task force of awesome, holier than you. God likes them better than you. They're special and you're not Christians. This, thank you, awesome. This is a general letter to whoever will listen and hear the good news of what God's all about. That in Christ, we, plural, and remember what he's just, who he's just talked to, Jews and Gentiles, who literally have such walls of hostility in their own history with one another, they've gone to bloody war. So when he's saying we, he's talking we. <laughs> he's talking about those groups that have had ancient walls of hostility that are now in Christ. Those walls are coming down to form one new humanity in Christ. And so he's saying, we now... So the point is, if they're included, you're included. We now have bold and confident access to the Father. And let me jump back one two eighteen. We're right in the thick of that passage where Paul's talking specifically to those both groups about what Jesus did on the cross to break down walls of hostility. He says this right in the middle. For through him, Jesus, we both, we just insert something there, who have been enemies as long as we can possibly remember and hate each other, we both have access, there's the word, in one spirit or by one spirit to the Father. That's good news. And he fast forwards it right to here and he says, in Christ, so back now to 3.12, we both have, what kind of access is it? Well, we should have a bold and confident access to God. So, put this into our own life. No one has more access to God available than you do. Do you believe that? Like that, that is utterly crucial to get rid of any mindset that says, I don't have equal access to God available to me that that person than that person does. Sometimes it can be subtle. Sometimes it can be big. I mean, there, there, there is sadly at times an embarrassing history in the church where the church taught this in the fact that the church wouldn't even give Bibles to the people. Why? Because they wanted to keep the privileged access to God to the clergy so that the clergy could remain powerful over people and just give them little bits because information is power, right? Especially if it's information directly from God <laughs> about God's heart, about who you are and who you are in God's eyes and who God is. And so there's some, there's, there is some significant 
power structures put in place that reflected the culture at the time that were an absolute misrepresentation of the nature of God and the gospel in Jesus Christ, which is that there is no one who has greater access available to God. We have to get rid of that in every way. Now, there might be people that, that are more mature in our faith, more mature in the faith. They've walked with God longer. They've encountered God in incredible ways. And all that's just meant to be an encouraging testimony that, wow, that's who Jesus is? I want to get to know Jesus more. But never a, a, a feeling of, well, that's because they have that position or they have that title or they have that special choosing. What does God's word directly say? In whom we both have by the Spirit, access to the Father, bold, confident access to the Father. What I love about this so much is it is saying, in, in, if, if I'm translating from my life, it's that God wants each and every one of us to have a genuine, authentic relationship with Him that's real, it's personal. God shows Himself real to you in your life. And yes, we learn from others, and yes, we need the body of Christ, and that's all great, but it's you matter enough to God that he wants there to be this personal aspect where you know, I have access to my Father. I, in fact, God calls me to be bold and confident in the reality that I have access to God. Bold and confident. No, that's, that's, not, that's not, oh, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, if I can have that personal and real relationship with God. I, 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 I just kind of got to stay, stay at a distance. I'll, I'll leave that for other people. Oh, I, I don't, I don't want to bother God. You know, I, I'm sure God's busy. There's more important people. I mean, it, those mindsets where we say we're not worthy does not honor our Father. Amen. He says, I my son went to the cross so you could have bold and confident access as a child of God that you matter to me, that I want to have a personal, vibrant, living, real relationship with you that when you, like nobody, that nobody can take away. It's not dependent upon other people's faith for you. That it's like God has been so personal, so real. Like, like even if I'm the only one that believes, I don't care what anyone else believes, this is so real, no one can take this away. It's as real as anything else in my life. And God says, I want you to have a boldness and a confidence that that's my heart for you. You have access to me. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. I love that passage in 1 John 3, 18, I think, where it says, perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And so it's talking about us before God in Christ. It doesn't honor what Jesus did on the cross for us to stay at a distance where we're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of scared of God. I don't know. Is he mad? He's not going to like me. That's all covered in Christ. He does not want us in him, in Christ, to be scared. We come with boldness and confidence before God. Through Christ. So to wake up every day 
putting on the truth as a beloved child of God, I have access to God. God wants to do something in my life today. God wants to show himself real today. And that's where this passage goes on. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, praying that according to God's riches of his glory, he may grant you or give you a gift to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. I love how personal this is. In your inner being, the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power and presence of God wants to interact with you deep in your soul, in your inner being, with you, because you have access. So this is very personal. He's praying that God would meet them in an incredibly personal way by the power of the Spirit to strengthen them that they would be rooted and grounded in love, to be able to have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's one of those like, whoa, like what just happened? (laughs) Access to the Father, that by the Spirit, you would be given strength to in greater measure comprehend the love of God that is so vast, so high and low and deep and wide, that as you encounter this, you are being filled up with the very fullness of God. The fullness of God is getting transferred into you. <laughs> and we're, So Ephesians 1.5 talks a little bit about that fullness of God where it says 4 and 5, in love he predestined us for adoption as children. That's why God created the world. He is this overflowing fountain of love. That's what that word agape is. It's this sacrificial love that moves outward. So God's so full of the power of love, he just flows outward. And now this verse is saying that that fullness that's flowing outward of that love of God, Paul's prayer is that we would encounter that in our inner being that God's Spirit would give us the strength to encounter that. So that as that happens, our life is getting more and more filled up with the very fullness of God. It's amazing. Now, this verse is also very intimidating, right? For me, because it's like, it's so big. And so I want to try to break this down into what I believe honors this passage, which is, This is not a one-time encounter where it's like, if you don't know this love of God, then you're not a real Christian. You know, I've spent long enough in the church to know where it's like, oh, I I, I haven't encountered that enough. You know, we're singing that song, oh, how he loves me. Maybe that person next to me. (laughs) Like, I just don't. I don't know that, God. I don't know that well enough to just, oh, how he loves me. The height, the depth, the breadth, the length. Oh. And so sometimes we can get under the impression that we have to have this one-time overwhelming encounter. Now, 
Those happen. And they're awesome. And they're great. And sure, hunger for those moments that just blow your doors off and leave you in a, you know, a puddled mess of, of snot and tears and joy and, and more heaven is you know, washing over me. I love those moments. Those are good. Look forward to those moments. But we, we can't make an idol of those where it's like, oh, if I don't get this thing, it's like, no, now I know the height and the breadth and the depth and the length. Now I know. Because we can, that's a lie. For, for all of us, God has been with us forever. And part of what he wants to do in our life is, is show us how he's been good to us the whole time. How his love has been with us. And most of the time, it's just kind of our radar was off. And we weren't seeing those, those, those kisses from heaven, those signs, those, the power, the goodness. And so what I want to encourage us in is, sure, go after hunger, big moments. That's awesome. But in a day-to-day life, what Paul's praying for is that the Holy Spirit would strengthen us to be able to comprehend the love of God that's already there. So if it's already there, part of our prayer can healthily be, God, just help me see it. Help me see it. Now, I mean, come on, in some ways, it's kind of like crazy to think that in one moment, are we going to experience all the height and depth and breadth and length? That's like, no, that's what all of heaven's for. It's going to take a while to be filled with all the fullness of God. Right? It should take a while, like an eternity. So let's back up, you know, slow down a little bit and say, okay, God, just help me believe that you want to show me your love that is present every day or this week or this month and believe that because of what Jesus did on the cross, I have access to you so I can have a boldness and a confidence that I have access to you and you want to be showing me your love. You want your Holy Spirit to be strengthening my my ability to take in the love that's already there. So what I want to encourage us with is look for the ways that God, maybe just say, maybe it's small. Look for the ways that God wants to make his love personal for you. Because he has, you have access. And so I, I just want to share a couple quick examples of how God, in the last week or so, has made his love personal. And that, to me, And that he is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever for all of us. We all have access to God. And so if he wants to do those kind of things in me, he wants to do those kind of things in you. And you, I know some of you have those stories about how God's showing his goodness, kindness, love, mercy. Love is the big umbrella. If God's showing himself real, it's love. That's what Paul's saying here. It's all, that's the huge umbrella. In love, he predestined us. In love, he created us to be part of his family. So his love is the height and depth and length and breadth of the fullness of God. So everything that God does is under that umbrella. So it's like, how is God at work personally in your life? Every single time, every time he is, it's this happening. It's that he's showing you. He's giving you the strength to see another aspect of the height of his love or the depth of his love or the breadth of his love. He's rooting you and grounding you in his love. So, a couple quick examples. One is that a couple weeks ago, as we were celebrating our, our 10-year anniversary, we uh, had, had made some 
some decisions to uh, uh, celebrate and, and party and do what the Bible says. You know, have a feast together and enjoy one of those company and invite some friends. So we invited some, some special guests from, from the city. And all that's great, you know. And, and uh, we've been you know, doing those kind of things for a while um, here. And then the night before, so Saturday night, really Sunday morning. So I went to bed a little bit too late <laughs> two weeks ago. So like at 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30. And, uh, but I woke up in the morning at 3.30. So that's like two hours of sleep. And I am full of, of like fear, like terror. And I am all of a sudden terrified that today, meaning the 10th anniversary is going to go so bad. Like we are going to get in big trouble. Like we are doing a brunch outside. And oh, oh yeah, I, the police are coming. They're, they're, they're shutting. I mean, no. That's illegal. And so is gathering, you know, and, and, and worshiping and singing. You know, if you haven't heard, our governor made it illegal to sing. And so, you know, since last May 31st on Pentecost Sunday, we have made the choice to be open and declare that Jesus is king. And the governor's not king and COVID's not king. You know, hey, it matters. And, um, and we're not saying that those things or people in places don't deserve a certain amount of respect and et cetera. But when it comes to choosing who is king of your life, Jesus needs to come out on top. And, and so we not, not trying to like parade around like, uh, you know, in defiance, but like made a decision of no, as a church family, we together believe church is essential. Jesus is king. We need to live that out in this way. So we've been doing So this is not like a new thing, but I woke up terrified. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's all coming down today. Oh, we pushed it over the limit. Now we've got brunch. Now the police are coming. Uh-oh. We've invited people from the city. They're going to roll in. Oh, we've ruined all of our relationships that we've built over five years with the city. Everybody's going to hate us. The church is shut down. These are very real feelings <laughs> for me at 3.30 in the morning. And, but that's also, I know, I know myself well enough to like know at times that's where it's like you're kind of like vulnerable to the enemy's attacks, you know? It's almost like you don't, I don't know why, but like that time of you like wake up and, and it's like somehow you're vulnerable. Your brain's not fully working. You're not able to like put your faith on. I and mean, it's like, this is not, a, these are not really new things we're doing. I had like multiple, we had weeks to plan this and like I was, you know, kind of full of faith. This is the right thing to do. Let's go for it for weeks. And, you know, so in that moment, it's like the vulnerable and the enemy's kind of whispering like fear, fear, fear. And it's like, oh my goodness. And it, it got me to where I was like, I could, I, I laid there for an hour. Could not go back to sleep. Uh, so I, I decided to just get up. And, and thankfully, the, the kitchen was a disaster. And uh, so I, I have one of my, my spiritual disciplines, if you guys haven't heard, is listening to worship music and cleaning the dishes. And uh, man, talk about God at work in your life. I don't know what is wrong with me. I looked forward to dirty dishes. <laughs> like, come on. Not that I always do. So, you know, don't take that too far, please. We'll edit that out too. Strike that from the history books. Anyways. So I was like, all right, so just go downstairs. And so from like four to six, cleaning dishes, listening to worship music, what am I doing? I'm trying to battle for my own faith. God, meet me. What are you saying? You know, what are you doing? Reveal, your, reveal yourself to me. I need your help right now. I'm feeling weak. So a couple hours of worshiping dishes, pretty good. By that time, the sunrise comes up. And I, I never see the sunrise. My dad and I joke, you know, I'm nocturnal. He's like up as soon as the 
you know, rooster, you know, whatever that is. So I like to tell my dad sometimes, hey, dad, guess what? I saw the sunrise. It was not on purpose, but it was awesome. So I go out my front, beautiful sunrise, get my coffee, get the Bible out there. And the next, so a few minutes later, I haven't even gotten to the Bible yet. I'm just kind of trying to be with the Lord. And I get a text message and at 6.38 a.m. And I'm like, first of all, where did my phone come from? Literally, I, I don't know. I, I don't like my phone. <laughs> like, sorry for all of you. I'm trying to not let it own me because that's the phone's one goal. In fact, they create them to own us. So we become products for them. So I'm trying to like learn how to just kind of put my phone down as much as possible. Keep it away from me. No, you're not my sixth finger over there. Get off me. So I turn my phone off as much as possible. And literally, so Sunday morning, I don't know if at 6.30 on a Sunday morning, I have had my phone on in 10 years. Somehow my phone's on and with me, and I get a text message. And the text message is from a brother that I had just met, Kamal, that I had met uh, Pastor Kamal with, with, uh, with Pat the, uh, the Wednesday before. And so this guy's awesome. He's a missionary. He's from India, and he's a missionary to the U.S., his parents are from India, in India, and they have this awesome ministry and orphanage and pastor training thing, and, and he felt called to the U.S., and somehow, through a divine appointment, ends up hanging out with Pat and Marisol. And so we have a lunch together, and so it's the Wednesday before the anniversary, and so we talk a little bit of his life and ministry and stuff. It's a great time, and we mentioned that we had, you know, celebrating 10th anniversary, 10th anniversary coming up. It was kind of a quick little thing. He prayed for us there. That was great. So at 6.38 on Sunday morning, I get a text from Kamal. And he say, the Holy Ghost, I like that phrase. He says, the Holy Ghost put Psalm 512 on my heart for you right now. What the? So I go. I go, oh, Psalm 512. What does that say? And it says, for you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. And, ah. Because that, that was the number one fear in here, was like, we're exposed. We're in trouble. We've kind of flowed under the radar by God's grace so far, but this, it's over. It's over. The doors of the church. This, these are the silly fears that are going on at 3.30 a.m. And I'm ex feeling exposed. And come on, Kamal from India, who I met for 20 minutes, has the Holy Ghost prompt him psalm 512 at 638 in the morning my phone's not supposed to be on and it literally is speaking to the absolute core of the fear that's in my heart you're exposed god says no you're covered <laughs> come on and you know what god then was even more gracious i felt like he said go up one verse go up one verse so i did and it says this, and let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over, him, over them that those who love your name may exult in you. That is literally like the second aspect of what was terrifying me. Because as I'm picturing this Sunday 10th anniversary, what are we going to do? We're going to sing loud. 
That's in my heart. That's how we planned it. We talked about it. We prayed about it. We planned with Ryan. We're going to have songs up front, and we're going to have songs in back. Why? Because mainly all we want to do is share a little bit of testimony and sing for joy. And it was terrifying me. Oh, my gosh. We've got people from the city coming in. They're going to see this packed house with no mask. We're just singing. You know, just like <laughs> cough, cough, you know, spreading it all over. Oh. We're in so much trouble. The Lord's like, no, you're covered. And by the way, sing for joy. I will protect you. I mean, it's like God may have well called me on my phone that wasn't supposed to be on. How personal can you get? And, and, and this is not special. I am not special. I do not have, I am very special, actually. I do not have special access to God. I'm special because I'm a child of God, and so are you. We're the apple of his eye. He sings over us. There's lots of things that make us special. But my point is, I don't have special access. You don't have special access. We all have the same access to God who wants to make himself personal, who wants the love of God not to be this you know, this abstract, intangible, well, I guess he's out there and Jesus was a cool guy and he did kind of good stuff and it makes kind of sense. I want to go to heaven when I die and it's just like these ideas that are way out there. They're all true, but Jesus is like, I want to be right in there. Your inner being. I want the Holy Spirit to show you how much access you have to me. Come boldly, come confident and know that I want to strengthen you to taste more of the height and the depth and the breadth. And I don't, I don't know what I tasted that day. I'll, I'll say height. That was a little bit more of the height. Really, God, could you be that personal? Could you line up so many different things for little old me? And he's like, yeah, really not that big a deal. I'll do it again. And I got more stories to share, but it's already too late. So maybe we'll share another one another time. But that's also encouraging. And that's where the abundance comes in. The abundance. That's where this, this verse finishes of. Man, you bring your own Bible. <laughs> Dramatic pauses. <laughs> uh, to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. See, that kind of abundance is supposed to get more and more normal. Not that we take it for granted. Not that we just kind of get ho-hum about it, but that it continues to kind of blow our minds. Like that's more, that's more than I thought was possible, Lord. Like that, okay, that happened right there. That happened two Sundays ago where it was like for me, where I was at, I did not think that God could or would come through in the way that he did in my moment of need. So, that is just supposed to be more and more normal as we have access to him. We come with boldness and confidence. So that's, that's the point. You come with boldness and confidence that you have access. What is access to God other than he's going to be in your life? He's going to show you that he's real and that he's personal and that he's present, that he's powerful in the way that you need it. And he's going to do it over and over again to where you can look back at your life and the longer you walk with him and seek him 
and seek first the kingdom of God. And that matters. Oftentimes when he doesn't feel very present, it's because flat out we're seeking many other things. That's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added unto you. So when we seek him, this stuff is just supposed to become more and more normal and yet it's building this abundance that we look back and we're like, oh, whoa, there's a story there. There's a story there. There's a story there. And when we share what God's doing in our life, it doesn't have to be two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. It's, oh, you want a story from this week? Here's one. You want a story from last week? Here's one. Or, I mean, not that we, the point is not sharing stories with others. The point is you and God having a story together. He wants to be that personal. He wants to be that real. Let's, let's, let's pray. We'll be done. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your love is beyond comprehension, but that's not meant to be intimidating. It's meant to be great news that there's just so much more of you to get to know. That you want to reveal yourself in our inner being very personally, very real, And you want to show us all sorts of different awesome stuff about who you are and how you provide for us and how you heal us, how you strengthen us, how you forgive us, how you fill us with hope and love and joy, how you meet all of our needs, how you become the bread of life, how you become that living water so that streams of living water just flow out of us. Thank you for the incredible good news of who you are. We pray that you would help us to believe the truth that we can have bold and confident access to God through Christ. And help us live like it. And expect that you're going to be working. You're going to be showing us little things, big things. Your Holy Spirit's going to be strengthening us to see your love that's all around us. Your grace, your goodness, kindness, all of it. We pray as Paul did, strengthen us to be able to see it. And on that note, let's take a quiet moment. Just kind of feeling like the Holy Spirit wants to do that right now. Of, let's ask, Holy Spirit, help me look back on this week or the last couple weeks and show me, give me the strength to see an area where you are at work personally. You're showing me your love, the vastness Maybe a little sliver, maybe feel huge, but an aspect of your love because you're at work in an authentic way in my life. Let's just sit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd bring something to mind for each of us that strengthens our heart to see you at work in a personal way, which is your love. Sing a new song I will sing a new
Dance a new dance like day.